Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right. <clears throat> Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that which refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for February 19th in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our one of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers as our solution. That is the Constitution for the United States of America. I am Sam Bushman. Dr. Scott Bradley is with me. Welcome to you, sir. And a happy George Washington birthday. Some people mistakenly call it President's Day, but officially it's George Washington's birthday, even at, believe it or not, the federal government level. It's a holiday in the United States celebrated on the third Monday of February. Welcome to the show and welcome to George Washington's celebrated birthday, Dr. Bradley. Well, and I thank you, I mean, for clarifying because... You know, we got this screwy idea that we have to make a three-day weekend regularly. I like it for people that are working. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say we should not do it. But uh, but everybody gets their booth. I mean, all these famous people get their birthday moved around, and then George Washington doesn't even get it recognized as such. They've they've put scurrilous individuals like Lincoln and, and uh, Obama and uh, Clinton and Bush and all those guys under a President's Day, you know, and it's kind of like, no, that George Washington guy, he was the indispensable man. He was first in war, first in peace, first in the hearts of his country, man elected twice, 100% of the Electoral College voting for him. Um, I mean, this guy was monumental in his day. And that's uh, why they want to cheapen the day and ignore him, because they want to turn us away from our history. Remember, if we understand our history and our roots and our culture and our um, you know, uh, heritage, then we'll cling to it. And the only way to get us to jettison it is to divorce us from it and lose the understanding. And therefore, with lack of understanding becomes lack of commitment. And that's what they're after. Well, absolutely. And and the fact of the matter is that most of the... Okay, I uh, don't get me started here, Sam, but I know you always do. As soon as you say something, you Oh, man, all i got to do is wind up the good doctor and let him roll. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I'm pretty good at it, though. I know how to, I know how I to know. you know, bring up the topic and let her, let her fly. Push the buttons, man. No, that's the thing, is that um, we have, I, I guess I say most of the time that the presidency is a office of lessers. And more often than not, we have had individuals that have been manipulated. I don't know if you, every one of them was a puppet, but they were somebody's agenda that some party slipped into the office. And not, that's not that's not true of all of them. I mean, the first seven presidents, I think, could stand on their own two feet, even if you didn't agree with them. They They had a presence that they were participating in. But so many of these guys are just, it's like, oh, I like Ike. Okay, fine, fine, fine. You know, uh, that's, that was his slogan, not my, not my position. But, uh, but it's just, you know, he comes out of World War II and he gets to be university president is in the Council on Foreign Relations, the globalist organization. And the globalists picked him up and ran him through. Uh, it's contrary to a lot of beliefs. He wasn't a communist, though. But... 
But at any rate, uh, they take a name brand and they, they play it. And wherever Obama came, he, it wasn't because of any accomplishment. It was because of the color of his skin. And and you look at Bill Clinton. Well, and it was because of the deep state, though. Even the color of his skin would not have achieved such a come from nowhere, <laughs> be elected kind of scenario, except for the deep state manipulation. That's why we talk about, sadly, we've turned these elections into selections. Well, it's so true. And and, and here, well, let's go to George Washington for a second. And part of the reason there's some, shall we say, confusion. I mean, today, 19th, obviously, is not his birthday, okay? I mean, it's it's a three-day holiday, and that reminds me, I can't go to the bank, and I can't go to the post office today. Anyway, I had both of those planned. At any rate, um, the, the reason is for that is the three-day weekend that they move it around. And the reason it's President's Day is because they've given all the lessers uh, front stage kind of thing. But his real birthday, and, and uh, you remember the ch- calendar change that happened under the Pope back in the 1500s, and the England was not under the Pope at the time, so they didn't change the calendar. So George Washington was born under the old-style calendar, but things had got so screwy because of the lack of, uh, oh, no, here's another history lesson, the lack of a leap year that that you know easter and everything else was moving around and so finally england and much of the world came under the 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 new calendar that the pope uh, announced in in the 1500s but a lot of the russian orthodox countries i mean they didn't come in and there's probably still some now that aren't but uh, but into the 1920s 1930s so it's interesting how calendars change but the fact that we're celebrating his birthday is a good opportunity for people to go back and do a little research under the old style calendar. Why, you know, the Julian calendar failed and, and uh, the Pope had a better idea that was brought to him by his advisors and how that changed. Okay, enough. I know, I know. Just wait. Too anyway, the point is it's, Josh, it's George Washington's birthday. That's the positive. The sad part is we've cheapened the day and called it President's Day, celebrating all kinds of lessers. No question about it. Sad to say, but true. I celebrate George Washington's birthday today, ladies and gentlemen, and I celebrate um, the stand that he made, the farewell address that he gave, uh, the humble disposition that he delivered, uh, the godly um, office that he represented, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Uh, about the blessings of a George Washington. Was he perfect? No. Uh, Was he beyond a man? No. Was he one of the most incredible men uh, in history ever on this earth? Absolutely. Uh, But there is a lesser I want to speak of as well that relates to today. Who am I talking about, you might ask? Well, the guy's name was Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, And 82 years ago today, on February the 19th, 1942, uh, I don't even know if I call him president, but anyway, Franklin D. Roosevelt signed Executive Order 9066. This order, ladies and gentlemen, required the internment of all Americans of, quote, Japanese ancestry uh, to be in prison camps. Yeah, shame for putting Japanese Americans in these concentration camps. And yes, they were concentration camps. Even FDR himself uh, admitted such or articulated such, acknowledged that reality check, uh, and shame on him for that. Doctor? 
Oh, Sam, again, don't trigger me with all your little comments. I mean, and, and this is something, Amer I mean, I thank you again for bringing this up because Americans need to realize that back in the World War II era, Germany and other uh, scurrilous companies were countries were not the only ones putting concentration camps together. So we took people of, of uh, Japanese-American descent, every bit as much a citizen as you or I are, and we didn't just say, hey, guys, you know, man, this is, this is concerning to us. The Japanese are going to invade our west coast, maybe. Uh, but they took them, bundled them up, and took them off to barbed wire, machine gun placement, guard tower settings. We had at least one in Utah, out of the Tonopah location. Yes, yeah, Topaz, uh, yeah. Uh, Topaz, that was Topaz, that's right. So that's anyway... Right. They and it's near Delta, these, Utah, virtually in the middle western part of the state of Utah. And I, I used to live in Delta, so I know quite a bit about it. You know what? You can't get there from here hardly, Sam, and you know that. I mean, it's out there in the sticks. And uh, Oh, big time. I mean, it's a great place to rabbit hunt, pheasant hunt, and everything like that as far as I'm concerned. I used to ride motorcycles out there, all that. But at any rate, the fact of the matter is that um, the, these were full-blown barbed wire, guard towers, machine gun nest locations. And and the winters get tough out there, man. I mean, I'm sure you've been out there in them. I have been out in the winter. <laughs> Hardcore, buddy. Wind the, like you wouldn't believe, too. Wind and snow and cold and, and holy cow. All of that pales, in my opinion, to the disastrous circumstance in which we took people and put them in concentration camps just like Hitler was and and you know they they finally there was they were a lot that were really devoted dedicated hardcore American they loved our country or patriots they finally let them fight against Hitler you know by sending him over to, to sending them over to Europe highly decorated units I mean these are probably the most highly decorated units of all American units that fought in all of World War II I mean they were you know, valor was the name of the game in those days. But but you're right. You know, I had not remembered that the that the uh, 19th of February, 1942, was when he signed that. By the way, and you know who was one of his? Um, Go ahead and skip the breaks. Continue, doctor. Well, one of his, shall we say, primary and principal Goreens or or Goebbels or whoever. You know, I mean, you know how Hitler had his his henchmen was uh, Earl Warren. Earl Warren, who Dwight Eisenhower appointed as Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, he was the guy that basically uh, oversaw the rounding up of the Japanese Americans and putting them on trains and shipping them off to concentration camps. I mean, you know, uh, you think about all these World War II, you know, just dreary kind of shows where they show the people being put on these cars and shipped off. I mean, these people had their total life's holdings in their bag, and they were gone. And I, by the way, I, I mean, if I seem like there's a little bit of personal skin in this game, uh, when I lived in Southern California, um, there's a whole long story with that one too, but the, uh, the people right off, you know, just next door, property line, were Japanese-Americans, World War II vintage. They ran a big... Uh, 
I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, it was a flower uh, growing arrangement. I don't know. They were they were like a big florist kind of arrangement. But but these were hardworking. They did it the old style, the Japanese style. Gorgeous gardens they grew. Anyway, um, yeah, these are real people. Real people. We packed them up and sent them into concentration Let's camps. be clear. Real people, but more importantly, American citizens with God-given inalienable rights that should be respected by government. Absolutely. Let's, like, lay it out clearly. And, and these guys call me racist, but how many of these people that call me racist bring up the defense of the Japanese and how wrong we were? And and a lot of people died. I mean, this was yes, you know, you they did. disease. You got exposure, uh, broken hearts. I mean, their property was seized. I mean, come on. Yeah, not people. only did they die, but they lost their businesses. They lost their livelihoods. Uh, they weren't even welcome back when they got released half the time. Well, yeah, I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, this was, you know, uh, I, years ago, this has been decades ago, I did a study on uh, political uh, cartoons. I know, strange stuff for me, but to me it's it's a caricaturization of American life and beliefs and everything. And one of the things I reviewed in that was uh, political uh, cartoons during war and how the enemy was depicted. Uh, the uh, the Hun or the Jap, you know, I mean, they were uh, going back to World War II. Obviously, this kind of stuff goes back years and years and decades and centuries even. But but the political cartoon systems put the Japanese, let's just take that because we're talking about the uh, concentration camps, um, the, the, the features of the, the Japanese person and the brutality of them. Yeah, there was brutalities. Don't get me wrong. The, the Japanese did a lot of horrifically things. Think about in China. Think about what happened to some of our service members. Go read uh, Flags of Our Fathers, I think it was, about the Iwo Jima thing. At some of the horrific war crimes that were done. The, the Germans did similar things uh, in, in Europe. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is, what was happening was a... We, we caricaturize uh, our enemies. We make them subhuman brutes that, uh, you know, and we take away uh, any humanity that's in them and, and just go kill the Jap or go kill the, the Kraut or whatever, you know. And uh, the thing that's really interesting is that, that this is a propagandization that, that carries forth uh, for some time. And I'm sure with the Japanese, when they came back from the, you know, the concentration camps, a lot of people had those images and, and that kind of, oh, I don't know. They, they, well, because they we propagandized the people against them. That's why, in addition to hauling them off, destroying their businesses, destroying their relationships with their families, taking them away from everything they knew and uh, everything else, and then we basically do this. We, we demonize them, right, in the media okay. and everywhere else to where people have a wrong sense of reality. The, pro the propagandizing that happens, it's rampant today you look at the i don't know what they call it the heritage or the uh the the lame brain media the the traditional whatever you want to call it they do that with us constantly and you look back at what happened during the the covid con thing i've started calling it the covid con because uh it was a con completely but at any rate you look at how they propagandize the people this is a powerful organ and we've got to use our intelligence to do this uh, to figure it out and and we can't uh, we can't be swept along with it. now you look back at for example 
1914, World War One had started really, I mean, for, with the assassination of the Archduke in June, and by August everybody was killing everybody, and the trench warfare that settled in. But you remember, maybe you don't remember, Sam, but you weren't there. But at any rate, the Christmas thing that happened in the trenches in Europe. the I heard about it, but I guys, certainly do not remember, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> but here's the deal. When when this the, the media was not such a powerful instrument at that time, and, and these guys on Christmas, they you know, the Germans and the, the Brits, they sang hymns. They really were of a common heritage. I mean, the, the British royalty have ties into Germany. You guys, I mean, people, I don't know, go research it yourself. But, but the Germans and, and the Brits, they sang carols. They played soccer out in no man's land. They exchanged Christmas pleasantries and, and uh, I don't know what they were eating at that time, uh, fruit. Uh, I don't know, some kind of fruit cake or something. Who knows? But at any rate, uh, then they went back. But the to point is, they other. shared what little they had, even. Right, and the the Turks had this. Well, the Brits and the Turks did similar things during that period. But nowadays, we we in America, we have balkanized the nation. We have fractionalized and drawn these these fracture points to the point that they're attempting to tear the whole country apart. We talk about this often about how it's race against race, men against women. Yeah, and you know the Southern Poverty Law Center is going to slaughter me and you because you use the term "jap" and "crow," right? You know we're just well, you know what? we're done now. It's all used in context to the to the way it was used in the time and the way that they treated people, which we reject. Absolutely, we not only reject, we abhor. I mean, these well, of kinds course. of things. So, so you know, have at it, I guess. But the point of the matter is. <laughs> that, that we have we have propagandized this nation to the point now that uh, I mean demonized people for not wearing a mask in a grocery store. All right, I that's going to be our next story coming up here oh, in a second. It? That's actually a good news piece, by the way. But I want to highlight, ladies and gentlemen, it is considered President's Day to the masses, but it really is George Washington's birthday. And believe it or not, even at the governmental level, it's documented as George Washington's birthday and the reason that i highlight that so much is because even the general government says it's george washington's birthday but the the, the people in the propaganda say it's president's day i'm sticking with george washington's birthday that was the intent let's not cheapen it and confuse it let's also highlight about hey shame shame for putting japanese americans in concentration camps it's a blight on our history ladies and gentlemen and the re reason we use the jap and the kraut terms is not because we want to use those slights, but because that's the way they treated them then, and that's the term they used then, uh, and, that, and it just shows how wrong and evil and despicable it really is. But the good news is, Idaho, Idaho House of Representatives, believe it or not, Dr. Bradley, Idaho House of Representatives just passed a bill prohibiting future mask mandates. Idaho dispatched with this piece. Now, whether it'll go further than just the House, I don't know, but they passed a bill saying, look, we're not going to do these future mask mandates. It's bogus. and It's got to stop. At least someone's pushing back somewhere. Now, I'm not always favorable of the Idaho <laughs> legislative body, but in this case, hey, the idea to say, hey, we're not doing mask mandates is a good start, doctor. Well, it, it certainly is, and, and uh, absolutely. Now, you know here on the 24th of January, I spoke up at the Idaho State Capitol at request to speak against their movement up there to do a, a uh, apply for a constitution convention. 
And uh, that's that speech is out there floating around. If anybody wants to get it, we can post it. But at any rate, the uh, the Senate, I believe, is inclined to pass a convention request or an application. Uh, this thing you're talking about in the House, where they said no more no more mask stuff, uh, they were they weren't legal anyway to begin with. The governor just uh, wave of a magic wand created law unconstitutionally, all that kind of stuff. But uh, but the fact of the matter is that the legislature has done that. Gives me hope that the legislature in the House, at least, will possibly block this uh, application for a con-con, because Idaho, the the money that's behind the Constitution Convention, it's huge amounts of money. Uh, they'll they'll throw money against people that that vote against it in order to get them out of office, to get them, and they'll spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on single elections. Anyway. Um, I'm glad to hear that, but you bring up, no, I brought up, I think the, uh, uh the COVID con, uh, <coughs> we had another little piece of good news. I thought, I thought you were going in this direction with this. The courts are letting the special force, well, their, their Navy SEAL, uh, uh, lawsuit against the government for the, uh, for to proceed the, for and good on them for that too. Yeah, but it's It's for a, the government, the federal government came out. Remember when they were forcing all of the, the our military forces yes. to get the jab? Deleterious and on one hand, Donald tried everywhere. to pretend like it was the governors and the states locking everybody down. It wasn't him, but at the federal level, it was going on too. That's right. And it was being done across the board for all our military forces. All By Donald and Fauci. Egregious outcomes. Your points are well taken, Sam. I Donald cannot say his skirts are clean on this. In fact, he still takes great pride in his Operation Warp Speed, which is a death knell for many, as well as all sorts of health issues. But they were forcing them. And the military forces that said, no, we have a religious, uh, you know, we wanted a religious exemption, you know, because it's got uh, aborted fetal tissue that was used in the development of it and all this kind of stuff. We, we don't need to redebate all of that stuff. But all of that was denied. Okay, so what happened ultimately and finally was the government rescinded the mandate that everybody get it. And so the government took the position in the court case that, oh, it's a moot issue. I mean, this no longer is an issue. It should be dismissed because it's not on the table anymore. But the court ruled and said, and because of the way it was argued, it was something that could continue forward because the religious exemption stuff that was denied is still in other in place. words because there was violations of the law that took place by the government right right and so it's still a live lawsuit i mean it hasn't been won by any means but but the government thought they were a slam dunk by saying oh no no we we took those mandates off you don't have to you don't have to get it now you can be in the military without having to be injected and but they're still out there. And you know what? Every single one of these people that was discharged, demoted, somehow blackballed, or injured, or killed, there should be uh, a satisfactory end result on behalf of all of those. And I hope and pray that this thing gets taken to the mat because this can't happen again. We have got a bunch of bozos, uh, 
oh, I don't know. We we talk about them bamboos and I mean baboons and everything else. But the fact of the matter is, these people should never be allowed to be in a position of responsibility. We've got to keep them out of office. Holy cow! Holy cow! But yeah, I thought that's where you're maybe going with this, uh, because uh, but it's related to the to the uh, COVID con. Uh, but I'm glad Idaho's done that, but I suspect, based on their, their Senate, uh, how shall we say, makeup, uh, I, I'm not so sure it'll pass the Senate up there. We'll have to watch that. We can certainly pray and push hard and alert the people so they can know and, and uh, back their congressman and say, hey, in the state of Idaho, and say, hey, good for you guys, thank you, and make it a huge issue and put the pressure on the Senate. That's what we the people need to do. Our greater numbers can Make the difference, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live on George Washington's birthday, baby. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. As lawmakers on Capitol Hill are continuing to discuss a border security package, which would send aid as well to Israel, Ukraine, or Taiwan, Colorado Democratic Senator Michael Bennett explains on Fox News Sunday why he believes aid anywhere is a tricky situation on Capitol Hill. You can't get 70 votes for anything in the United States Senate. That is a reflection of how urgent Republicans and Democrats in the Senate feel about this. I believe it's a reflection of the American people's sense of urgency when democracy is under attack. The U.N.'s top court is rejecting a call for it to intervene in Israel's planned ground offensive against Hamas in the city of Rafah. The International Court of Justice turning down the request from South Africa saying its previous order, which requires Israel to fully comply with the Genocide Convention, still applies. The United States fears that Russia might put a nuclear weapon in space. Florida Republican Congressman Michael Walls joins Fox News Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo to weigh in. President Trump knew uh, that you can't be number one on Earth if you're number two in space. He also knew that every shot in all of our war games, the first shots were fired in space and in cyberspace. So he absolutely created the Space Force. Uh, They needed the budget. They needed the equal seat at the table in the Pentagon. And once again, Trump was right. President Joe Biden's youngest brother, Jim Biden, was deeply involved in a company now being investigated for an alleged massive Medicare fraud scheme. Politico obtaining an email in which the younger Biden mentions using his connection with his brother, the former vice president, to help with the scheme. No comment from either President Biden or the White House regarding the allegations. This is USA News. Hey, here's a question. After you wear your clothes, you toss them in the washing machine, right? Nobody wants to wear dirty clothes. So how come you don't throw your shoes in the washing machine when they get dirty? I mean, come on. Your shoes are touching the filthy ground all day long. Gross. Well, with Skechers, you can. Because most Skechers are machine washable. That's right. Skechers are specially made so you can toss them right in the washing machine and keep them clean and looking new. And when they look new, you can confidently wear them longer. That's less shoes you're going to want to throw away, which means less waste. And it'll save you tons of dough. I love that. Plus, machine washable Skechers are for the whole family, men, women, and kids. So when your kids get their shoes dirty, oh, and we know they will, just wash them. Brilliant. And even our latest technology. 
new hands-free Skechers Slip-Ins are washable. You just step right in and go without bending down or even touching your shoes. So give your Skechers the same treatment you give your clothes. Just toss them in the washing machine and keep them looking brand spanking new. Find machine washable Skechers at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear happens to be sold. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley was mentioning how the military is fighting back, and boy, howdy, are they. Our dear friends over at Liberty Council have been making a difference. This happened earlier in 2023, though, by the way. So uh, this isn't a new story, but I wanted to highlight it because he brought it up. The DOD settles COVID vaccine mandate lawsuits for $1.8 million. Now, that's not very much money, sad to say, in America today, but it did cover the legal fees for Liberty Council and others who have been fighting this. Um, Megan Myers wrote this for themilitarytimes.com. It's just militarytimes.com. Anyway, so the bottom line is the government did have to pay, and Liberty Council did beat the DOD on this thing. Uh, And it's, it's um, it's a big win. Now, it's not enough. I get it. But it's a start, and it is proof when we fight back. Good things happen, Dr. Bradley. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that are happening, and there's behind the scenes, and this is shifting gears a little. you probably got plenty to talk about. But, but in Hawaii, there's a, a Jewish fellow that has meetings with those of his faith. He's a rabbi. He's on the big island. Uh, periodically, it doesn't happen all the time, but a periodic meeting with uh, with Jewish people come to his home. Generally, smaller 
gatherings, you know, less than 30, let's say. They have a kosher kitchen, and they can have Shabbat and stuff like that there. But the the community is fining them tens of thousands of dollars for not meeting their code on this thing. It's kind of like I thought that was this First Amendment thing, pretty sure. And, uh, I mean, they, you can go there for Super Bowl parties and and barbecues with your buddies, then you know the all of the things that people do to gather, but the religiosity thing is under assault. And this is a shocking thing to me, that the large religions of the world. I you you pick your favorite religion or your biggest religion or your big institution, whatever you want to call it. They should be up in arms over this little Jewish rabbi guy, that is being harassed and harangued in Hawaii. Because people of his faith... Wait a minute, hold on now. You defended the Japanese, you defended the Germans, now you're defending the Jews? Oh, can you imagine? You want to know why? We're all over the board, guy. I know, but you want to know why, though? Why? Because they're all God's children, and we should have respect and kindness and love, and that's right. The principles involved are really what the issue is. That's exactly right. We try and stand with the principles... And, and do the right thing, but uh, I mean it's one of those things. And, and the, there's so there's it's going to have to be resolved in the courts. I mean, let's just say you wanted to have some people over that. Let's say you had a little bit of a faith tradition that was different, maybe than your neighbors, and and you were going to have twenty, thirty people come over, ten people, however many it was, meet in your living room and and uh, discuss the scriptures as you understood them. What's wrong with that? But the, the community is saying... And let's oh, even no, no. say that that belief is kind of out of sync with your own, where you're like, that's strange, that's weird. Unless they're breaking some laws or, or harming someone or something like that, whether I agree with it or do it or believe in it or not isn't the point I should defend it, right? Exactly. See, mercy, not mercy, honor killings, they call it in the Muslim faith, and, and things yeah, like that. You can't that. be doing that stuff. That you can't, it violates the law, and... and Thomas Jefferson and, and, spoke and, about that. By the way, and gentle mutilation, for example. Uh, you know, we used to be so against that and say how horrible it was, and we were right to do so. Now we're like, oh, it's all good. If you want to do it as a Muslim, you're a bad guy. Um, but if you want to do it as a transgender, you're a good guy. No, it's wrong every time, all the time. It is, indeed. And though, so, so these things, these fine points that are being drawn on the law as, uh, is stuff that people need to understand. The tradition that we came from, and and how this, uh, the, the idea, for example, that uh, I was I listened to a thing, the guy's in Northern California, I don't remember the community he's in right now, but anyway, all through the COVID con, he met, he's a pastor there, and I don't know how big his, his uh, you know, church is, but they met without masks in their meetings the entire COVID con. The governor and everybody took note of it, sent him cease and desist orders. They sent goons to try and break it up. And and he he weathered it all. He did it. And so the big institutions that masked up and shut down everything and were basically, they went underground. They didn't go underground. They shut their religious belief system down in violation of our God-given rights. They ought to be ashamed. Here's a little pastor guy. 
And he had, I don't know, a few hundred in his... his yeah, there was a guy in uh, New Mexico uh, that stood tall to as a pastor, and he even had a sheriff defend him, and when they tried to come to break it up, the sheriff just deputized everybody in the church and said, hey, you can't do that, they're all deputized, go away. Uh, and they did, and there's even a movie made by Chris Ann Hall about that experience. Okay, this guy in Northern California had a similar experience with his with his sheriff. I mean, they had Antifa and everybody showing up there, and... And uh, there was a, it's a really interesting story, but the the sheriff got cold feet uh, when it came to, to opposing Newsom. Uh, he told the pastor, he said, no, no, he says, just, just a minute, stand down just a minute. He said, you know, if people from the governor's office show up, he said, call me and we'll come over and talk to him. And I mean, it wasn't a big standoff or anything like that, <clears throat> but, but at any rate, he just didn't want to raise the ire of the governor so they tried to diffuse it that way there's wow. nothing wrong with talk there's nothing wrong with talk you know don't get me wrong you know it's like if you're talking to people you're usually not throwing fists but but the point of the matter is that these big institutions that cowered up covid cowards they went with the with governor mandates completely illegal completely illegal governors cannot legislate and they created law. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's important to understand. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, there's so much going on in America today. So much is wrong. But the point is we can stand up for what's right. The point is we can make a difference, folks. And really, that's what this program is all about. That's what Liberty Roundtable Live aims to do is empower we the people to say our greater numbers can and will make the difference. And our goal is to tap you into our godly heritage, our American heritage, to highlight who we are and what we can do to make a difference. And, man, when we put political pressure, it makes a difference, folks. It makes a huge difference. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you what, there's no other way than to make a huge difference. We just got a for immediate release press release, doctor. You're going to oh, yeah. like this Let's one. You it. ready? Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm ready. <clears throat> All right. Here I go, Los Angeles, California, Feb 19th, 2024, independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. released a video and launched a petition demanding the immediate release of Julian Assange and a pardon of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. And I guess uh, on Tuesday... London judges will decide whether Assange has exhausted all of his appeals in the British courts and will be extradited to the United States. Um, anyway, it goes on and talks about Assange and what he's done and all that kind of stuff. Lizzie, I just sent you the video. See if it's playable. If it is, we can play that. Uh, in the meantime, doctor, your response. Well, good on Bobby. I mean, I am absolutely shocked, appalled, shocked, and she sh chagrined. Uh, what is going on against Assange? I mean, what was... No question. What was... Ex I mean, this Go was ahead, brought forth on a... Um, <sighs> you know, what he put out was like something that... I mean, you think of the Pentagon Papers, for example. It was way below that in what happened with, uh, with those. Of course, most people never even heard of them. Go look it up. But uh, Assange uh, publicized some things that had come to his attention as a journalist... And they are saying, no, we don't have that journalistic uh, capability or freedom in America 
I don't remember the number, but he's facing something like 170 years in prison when he comes back here. And a lot of people want to execute him. I mean, a lot of the the big Trump supporters think he ought to be hung out to dry. Certainly the Bush supporters do. But what he exposed was absolutely criminal activity by the United States government, the United States military, things that were going on that really there will be eternal consequences for. I believe that that is how serious many of the things are going on, but they were under the cover of secrecy because of classifications. You know, hey, I was in that world when I saw things get classified. They should have never been classified. But the fact of the matter is somebody that had classification capability would say, no, we don't want that one out right now. Boop, and it suddenly got a a top secret or a secret or some kind of, uh, you know, classification on it that would not allow it out. But they classify stuff all the time that should not be classified. Well, they just use that as a way to go ahead and protect the deep state over and over and over and over. And Bobby Kennedy has the guts to stand up. Where's Donald? Okay, Donald, go ahead and skip the break. Donald could have already brought him back to the United States, pardoned him, took care of it, but he didn't do it. My question to Donald is why Bobby Kennedy jumping on this thing, rightly so. Uh, and here's the video where he highlights his point. You all know that Julian Assange is a heroic whistleblower. He stood up for democracy. He stood against the surveillance state. He stood against government corruption. He's battled for all of our freedoms. And he made the tremendous sacrifice where he now is jailed and faces life imprisonment and extradition to the United States. The urgency to pardon him cannot wait. It can't wait till I become president. We need to get it done now. Please sign the petition urging President Biden to immediately pardon Julian Assange. Thank you all very much. There you have it, Dr. Bradley. Now, the only thing he said that I don't agree with is this, our democracy. Everybody uses that phrase, and they're wrong. We don't have a democracy. Democracy style of government is our enemy, by the way. Uh, Nevertheless, though, I don't want to digress on that too far. His point's spot on. Okay, so uh, you're absolutely correct on your your statements you just made. Okay, I support him 100%. Here's the thing. Assange is going to die if he gets brought here. I mean, it will, he will be Epstein, okay? Hold on. We, and, unless we get him pardoned and appropriately dealt with. Otherwise, if he gets brought here under duress or by force, he will die. It's an extradition that's underway from England to here, okay? And, and so the, the danger is that he may have his last hearing in court today. He may be put on a uh, blacked-out windowed aircraft and be brought here so that they can Epstein him. Uh, but the point of the matter is, we look at what happened. We've had journalists in Ukraine and journalists in, uh, not just journalists, but political figures in Russia. Remember the recent guy that was, quote-unquote, a Putin opponent that has died in prison? And you look at the Ukrainian, uh, the guy that was in Ukraine that was a U.S. journalist that, that, that died in prison. He was a journalist there, a political figure in Russia. And people are all up in arms. Oh, this shouldn't happen. These tin-horned dictators that do these kind of... Come on, people. Why do you think that Epstein was epstein I mean, he was, he was executed by an extrajudicial effort. The comedy, it wasn't a comedy, it was a tragedy that happened. All, I mean, Epstein is going to... He's roasting in hell right now, I'm sure. But the fact of the matter is, how did all of the safeguards get set aside... 
so that somebody could come in and, and kill him. And uh, but but that's the kind of stuff that's happening in the United States because he was a political liability. Yeah, he did horrid things to little girls, and was a was a monster in every way, shape, and form. But there were political high rollers that were on his blacklist or his black book list, and uh, they just couldn't have that stuff get out. They couldn't put him on a stand. He could have he could have exposed. So All right, it says, people. thank you for signing the petition. I just signed this petition, Dr. Bradley. I'm okay. forwarding you the press release from Kennedy here so that Excellent. you can sign it as well. And uh, I'm highlighting what I'm doing here, not to interrupt you, but because I want people to understand that, you know, we don't just tell people what to do. We do what we're asking others to do, just so you know. Yeah. And by the way, what Assange did is in no way, shape, or form similar to what Epstein was doing. Okay, well, it's just to highlight the fact that we kill political prisoners in America. We lock up the J6 guys, throw away habeas corpus. We give them extended sentences for stuff that really didn't happen. Now that we're getting more and more information on this, we can say absolutely retrials need to happen, if anything at all. Why not just set them free and then compensate them for time spent in prison at a 1000 bucks an hour or something like that? I don't know. Figure it out. But the point of the matter is that Assange brought things forward that were egregious violations of Americanist principles. The deep not only egregious violations, but highlighted criminal activity, though, that needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Let's be very clear. Absolutely, the people that were doing that truly are the criminals, and they're trying to to basically say we got to silence this Assange guy. And, uh, and and so that's what it's about. We kill political prisoners here, just like it happened in Russia or in the Ukraine. And and it's it's one of those things that it's, you know, the pot calling the kettle black or however you want to put it. We have these, we have blood on our skirts in this nation also. And for everybody to get all huffy about one of Putin's political uh, opponents, which he really wasn't anybody that could have made a ripple in Putin's life, but he ended up being sent to jail and he ends up dying there. Okay, that's terrible. Shouldn't have happened. But you, but you look at, I mean, remember the uh, when the uh, Saudi prince killed the American journalist uh, when he went into the uh, Saudi embassy to get a deal? A, a, uh, he was yeah, we thought for, he was going to be all fine. Next thing you know, he winds up dead. Well, he's chopped in little pieces and flushed down the toilet or whatever they did. But but stuff like that happens. We give that Saudi prince a pass, and and everybody's trying to imprison Assange, and they think they're being a great patriot about doing that. They they call Putin out for having a political uh, opponent of his end up dying in jail, and the journalist dies in Ukraine. All of these things are current. We events. even called Putin and Tucker out for having a conversation for crying out loud. True story, but this is all spin. This is stuff that's being spun. But and, what's not spin is the effort of RFKJR to uh, uh, pardon this gentleman, uh, to stop the abuse that's happening. Uh, and we need to really get involved. You know, I wonder why London judges can decide, I guess, only because that's where he's at or whatever. But well, what yeah, a shame. Cause this to, is a sham. They're, they're just doing the bidding the of the case. U.S. deep state. They're hearing this, this legal argument that he needs to be shipped to the United States, so they're deciding to extradite him here to the United States. He spent years in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy there 
a political prisoner, not by Ecuador, but they were given him, uh, you know, basically safe haven. Uh, but they finally, you know, revoked that, and, and the Brits came in and arrested him, and they put him in the dungeon there in, in uh, I don't know if it was in, uh, in their tower or not. I'm sure it wasn't. But at any rate, you know, yeah, and, and so the Brits are complicit. It's a NATO ally. They're saying, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to follow up, and they'll get some hug and a kiss from Biden's administration for doing it, I'm sure. But uh, it's wrong. It's flat out wrong. The guy did Americans a service. And in fact, I wish this a was huge service. Front page knows. Yeah. And here's the, the question, Leon. though. How long will it be if they extradite him, bring him back and, and do whatever they're going to do to the, the poor guy? What happens then to Tucker Carlson? Eventually, what happens to Sam Bushman and Dr. Scott Bradley as well? Um, this is serious, folks. Serious indeed. All right, another quick couple of topics before the end of the hour that I want to get to because they're kind of pressing topics. Number one, I mentioned last week right at the end of the uh, show that um, uh, Manchin was possibly running for president. and He was thinking about these running mates and everything else. Now Manchin says he's not running for president. So we uh, dodged a bullet on that one, doctor. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that little piece where he was clarifying his position and Thankfully, he's not. We well, he thought he might run. President. He just chose against it. That's all. Uh, but the thing is, Mitt Romney won't be his running mate then. Thank Woo-hoo! the Lord for that. <laughs> now, who knows what Mitt's going to do? We don't even know yet. But that opportunity has been shut down. That's good news for us. The other a sad tale to tell, though, is this: Michelle Obama predicted to replace Joe Biden as quote Dem nominee. Even Jill will face reality. And opt for the, quote, switcheroo, writes WND.com. There's, I guess, a Democrat operative that's predicting this and everything else. And, you know, we'll see. But it would not be surprising if the Democrats did this. They know they have a losing situation. This is their only hope. They can't replace um, him with anybody else because you've got to have a black person. uh, Or else it'll be a slight to the black community or whatever else. And so they're hoping and praying. Now, Michelle has claimed forever that not happening, won't do it, don't believe in it, and but yet, time will tell if the pressure becomes too much. Uh, you know, Michelle might say, I'll do it, and then Barack can kind of run things behind the scenes, and Michelle can just chill out. Uh, one of the claims they say is Michelle didn't want to do it because she didn't want the rigorous schedule and the pressure. But now that you've got the Biden kind of deal where you, you just kind of hang out and you only have one event per day, and it's pretty mellow and kind of get Fridays off and whatever, and you can just disappear for who knows what amount of time and all, all these kind of things, that Michelle might be willing to do it if she can follow the Joe Biden schedule. <laughs> anyway, what a disaster in the making that is. We'll keep an eye on that ball, Doctor. You know, Sam, we've been talking about this for so long. It's it's old, you know, old news to all of your listeners. It's old but, news, uh, but it keeps gaining legs is the problem. Well, and that's the thing, is if their lips are moving, they're lying. So she's denying and dying. All of the pieces are being put in the place in the back. It's got to be a black woman. Okay, I don't know Oprah. I don't know who are the other black women that are prominent that might have name recognition. I have no idea. But that's the thing is that they, if their lips are moving, they're lying, as they pull the chess pieces together and behind the scenes. And I don't know if she'll end up being there. But we've talked about this so many times. It's to me, it's like it's old. Except for every time we bring it up, (laughs) it's because they're bringing it up and saying that it's going to happen. Sure. Uh, and so, sure. you know, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I do know this. We've got to keep an eye on the ball, and we certainly don't want it to happen. All right, final story of the hour that I found interesting. You know, St. George is becoming a very prominent place, St. George, Utah. Uh, and you got the Liberty Village people there with a big $70-plus million project. I'm involved in that heavily. 
and I pray that they do well and everything else. Now Kevin Costner to build over $40 million film studio in St. George, Utah, Doctor. You know, I'm not a media mogul by any means, and, and if anybody thinks I am, they haven't been listening to us very closely. But, uh, you know, there's a migration, there's an out-migration out of California. Uh, I mean, really, it's kind of, will the last person out turn the lights out? Uh, anybody that's relocating their company to California now needs to have their brain examined or somehow to, their cognitive test. Yeah, they're but flying I, New I, York and California like you wouldn't believe. It's like the Titanic, Titanic going down. People are just jettisoning as fast as they can go. But the thing is that as people leave California, they want to kind of replicate uh, some of the things. You know, the more pleasant weather that's that's not harsh and stuff where we get into the northern Utah climates. We Up in our mountain valleys, we do get some, some inclement weather. St. George, St. George does on rare occasion get snow, but in some occasions it goes over 114 degrees too. So there's both ends of the scale. But I think a lot of people are fleeing California, coming to St. George in the hope that they can retain some of their Southern California lifestyle and still be out of California. Now, Utah is a strange place to migrate, in my opinion, because of our political climate here that claims to be soundly founded. But we are, we are truly uh, an unannounced or unadmitted sanctuary state. Uh, Utah has become a sanctuary state for the uh, uh, there's the illegals that are here are over the top. But but Utah puts this facade on, and uh, you know the governor always a Republican, everything's okay. The governor, holy Hannah, our uh, our inland port laws that have been passed, uh, the smart city stuff that's being passed. The leading edge stuff with China and the uh, the United Nations. Utah is a United Nations hotbed. In fact, if the United Nations is ever going to meet out of New York, they come to Utah. So Utah is not the lily white, uh, pure and as the driven snow kind of uh, principles based state they should be. But I think that that image is fostered so much in the uh, press and the media that people say, oh, yeah, we're going to Utah where everything's squeaky clean. It's not. Look under, behind the curtains. The Wizard of Oz. The Deep State, the- sad to say, live and well, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that right now. But we've got our, our, our efforts to expose and jettison the Deep State and stand for God, family, and country. I hope you have a wonderful George Washington's birthday, Dr. Bradley, and all of you as well. Well, I, I actually think that a little bit of review of his principles might be a good thing to do today. Roger his that. We're on it. And his Thanksgiving address, both of those things. Incredible. No question about it, man. Look at our rich, godly, and American history. It's something to behold and be in awe of. And then stand up and make sure that we carry that legacy forward. That's what do you want to say? The marching orders? Thanks for being alongside for the ride. We declare this nation shall endure. Freedomsrisingsun.com, lovingliberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. 
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide with all the checks and balances brilliantly put in place. And the checks and balances are one of the peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips to demand accountability. Our greater numbers can prevail if we so choose to get involved and we beg you to do so it is indeed george washington's birthday a lot of people call it president's day shame on you for that uh it is george washington's birthday commemoration ladies and gentlemen even the general government says it's george washington's birthday they don't say it's president's day that's just a way to try to derail the discussion focusing on the founding fathers to focus more on just presidents in general and then it's like who cares half the presidents are jerks and and they deceive you into ignoring this unprecedented, incredible uh, leader in history, George Washington, one of the greatest generals to ever be known in the history of the world, a man who was humble, who could have been king, but chose to reject that agenda, stood for God, family, and country in the most meaningful way. His farewell address, just absolutely critical. His Thanksgiving proclamation, uh, absolutely wonderful. You should ponder those documents today and would like to welcome Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, to the table as well. And a happy George Washington birthday to you too, sir. Well, thank you very much, Sam. It's so good to be with you. Let's also remember his um, uh, farewell address, marvelous advice that he gave to us in his farewell address. Amen. Couldn't agree more. He talks about the two great pillars, religion and morality. We speak of that often, but we need to make sure to highlight that reality check as well. In modern day, there's very... Yes, sir. Yeah, there's two people I want to meet. One is George Washington, and one is Captain Moroni. Both had a, Amen. a big hand in establishing freedoms and liberties among their peop- peoples, respectively. And, uh, you know, I, I love, there's a scene in um, uh, the, the movie about the founding of, about the writing of the Constitution in Philadelphia, where somebody comes up to George Washington and, and sort of slaps him on the back and glad, tries to glad hand him and schmooze him and 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 all George Washington had to do was just look at him, and he just crumbled under the gaze of George Washington, you know, because George Washington was was a refined gentleman. He he was distinguished, and he, you don't you don't mess around with that type of a, of character. And I just hope that you know I I will someday be, you know, have enough um, what do you call it, virtue, enough uh, courage, and um, and uh, standing to actually meet him and shake hands with the gentleman. Amen to that. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and in modern times, there's very few people who have stood tall for principle, principle, principle. There's very few people that do that in the history of the world. And that's why George Washington was so unique and so um, loved by the people, because he was that kind of guy. In our modern day, I think Ron Paul is one of those guys, too. He's graced or he's aged gracefully. He stood tall for the sacred cause of liberty. That's why CampaignForLiberty.org is the organization that he's the founder of. Uh, and all I'm telling you is he does so, so much good. Well, Ron Paul was up on the debate stage back in 2012, okay? And everybody was promoting war and all kinds of, you know, hey, who can, who can warmonger the most? And Ron Paul got a, or Ron, I'm sorry, Ron Paul got a chance to speak, and here's what he had to say back in 2012, South Carolina on the campaign stage. Now listen carefully, because he makes the point that we should all believe in. 
and half the audience booed him. It was a disgrace. Here it is. Congressman Paul, 30 seconds, please. 30 seconds to respond, since you were mentioned. My, my point is, is if another country does to us what we do others, we're not going to like it very much. So I would say that maybe we ought to consider a golden rule in, uh, in foreign policy. Don't do to other nations what we don't want to have them do to us. So we, we endlessly bomb, we endlessly bomb these countries and then we wonder, wonder why they get upset with us. And, uh, and, and yet it's, it continues on and on. I mean, uh, this, uh, I, this idea, this idea that we can't debate foreign policy, then all we have to do is start another war. I mean, it's it's warmongering. They're building up for another war against Iran, and people can't wait to get in another war. This country doesn't need another war. We need to quit the ones we're in. We need to save the money and bring our troops home. Now, there was a Ron Paul contingent that supported Ron who did cheer at his we can't stand and we don't want another war. Uh, they're the peace people. But a huge contingent booed the golden rule back in 2012. And it's done nothing but deteriorated since then. Lowell? Yeah, people who were in the tank for war, they were there, of course, cheering on their war candidates. I was so pleased that so many Ron Paul uh, supporters were there to cheer on Ron Paul because everything he said was spot on. We were, we are a warmongering country. We are an empire, and we have just uh, gone off the rails with our foreign interventionist foreign policy. Uh, it happened decades ago, and we just continue down that path like fool, like drunken fools. But they're not being foolish, folks. They do this on purpose because it fills their campaign coffers. I'm talking about the the members of Congress who continue to to monger for war. The military-industrial complex fills their campaign coffers with money. It's their greed that keeps us on this uh, vile path. Uh, Sam and it's reprehensible and Ron Paul was simply calling him out on that and I applaud his doing so Sam and, and people can 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 listen to Ron every day uh, uh, nowadays at the Ron Paul Liberty Report he has a podcast he does every day it's 20 to 30 minutes every weekday and and so we can continue to listen to and heed the sage advice of our, our former U.S. Congressman Ron Paul Sam and boy, does he put truth to power in his podcast, too. I mean, he has on incredible guests, and he delivers such, you know, truth to power uh, podcasts. All I can tell you is it's great stuff. And the reason that we're highlighting Ron Paul so much is, again, on George Washington's birthday, you want to highlight modern-day patriots. And Ron Paul is certainly one of them, and especially when we have on the Campaign for Liberty uh, leader, that Ron or that uh, Lowell Nelson is, um, you know, he carries forward the Ron Paul agenda, uh, as do I, in every way possible. Uh, anyway, Ron wrote two incredible articles. We're going to talk about both of them uh, because it relates, in my opinion, to George Washington directly. Lowell, the first one is about the Tucker Carlson interview. Um, we discussed it quite a bit last week in our talk uh, and and on other shows uh, last week. Sam, former. Uh, Representative Ron Paul wrote about this in a column posted at CampaignForLiberty.org last Monday. 
And as, as of a week ago, that interview, I'm talking about the Tucker Carlson interview of Russia's President Vladimir Putin, had been viewed nearly 200 million times, making it likely that the is most... That is unbelievable, <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. Making it likely the most viewed news event in history. Uh, you know, he, uh, so uh, Ron Paul observed... It's even more that, than the Super Bowl, people. <laughs> that's such a welcome, encouraging development. Uh, Ron Paul observed that millions of viewers likely learned that the Russia-Ukraine conflict did not begin in 2022, as the lamestream media would have them believe, but in fact began eight years earlier with a U.S.-backed coup in Ukraine. The U.S. media does not report this. Uh, I'm quoting Ron Paul here, because they don't want Americans to begin questioning our interventionist foreign policy. They don't want Americans to see that our government meddling uh, in the affairs of other countries, whether by color revolution, sanctions, or bombs, has real and deadly consequences to those on the receiving end of our foreign policy. End of quote. Yeah, talking about the, he talks about the receiving end of our foreign policy reminds me of what Reagan said, you know, when he said, I'm, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, <laughs> I don't want to be helped by the U.S. regime uh, and I don't want to be on the receiving end of the U.S. foreign policy. That is for sure, because it just ends up in the, the dead destruction and, and damaging of lives. Right. This is the key observation, Sam, that the U.S. regime does not want Americans to question our foreign policy or to realize how many lives uh, it destroys or damages. So Ron Paul continues here, quote, perhaps the most interesting aspect of the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin was the U.S. mainstream media reaction. Uh, end of quote. See, before the interview, the, the lamestream media was saying how horrible it is that Tucker Carlson is going to go interview the Russian president. Uh, there was a danger, they all said, that Putin might spread disinformation in the interview. <laughs> but what they were really worried about was that the truth might get out to the public. And so they attacked the messenger, Tucker Carlson. They put out the well, headlines. Skip the to break. Continue, Lowell. They put out the headlines to disparage Tucker, uh, tripe like Tucker Carlson is doing the bidding of the Kremlin, right? And, and I'm or just Tucker glad... Carlson's a useful idiot, aka Hillary Clinton. <laughs> right, and, and I'm just glad, Sam, that Tucker Carlson has not been arrested and thrown into prison, like another of our famous journalists, uh, Julian Assange. Uh, Ron Paul mentions him in, in his column too, saying, "Quote." Julian Assange has been locked away in a gulag for so many years. He dared to assume that in a free society, being a journalist means reporting the good, the bad, and the ugly, even if it puts those in power in a bad light. End of quote. And so Ron Paul concludes his column this way. He says, quote, in the end, the massive success of the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin demonstrates once and for all that the American people are sick to death of their mainstream media propagandists and liars. They are looking not for government narratives, but for truth. That's the really good news about this interview. End of quote. So the truth, folks, that's what they, we are looking for. Where can you find the truth, ladies and gentlemen? Well, right here on Liberty Roundtable Live. At least this is our hope, Sam, our goal. That's our objective 
And as I like to say, Sam, you can also find truth in the Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. Sam? Amen to that. That's why this program is very clear of our agenda and our intentions. It's about promoting God, family, and country, and protecting life, liberty, and property. Um, look, Tucker did a phenomenal job. In the end, Lowell, the massive success of the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin demonstrates really once and for all that the American people are absolutely sick and tired of their mainstream media propagandists and liars. They're looking not for government narratives. They're looking for truth, ladies and gentlemen. They're looking for good news. And that's what that interview provided. And that's why Liberty Roundtable Live is growing so much. And the mainstream press is being literally, people are dialing out. They're just tuning out saying, no, we don't want that anymore. We're sick of it. We can't take it. The truth is starting to set us free, Lowell. And that's one reason why so many people enjoyed the Paul Harvey uh, broadcasts uh, for decades. Uh, he was he was very popular with people, especially in rural America, because I lived in rural America on a ranch in Idaho, and we would listen to Paul Harvey News every single day. It came on on the radio at noon. We didn't have a TV or anything. We had just had a radio, and so, but we listened to Paul Harvey News. And what did Paul Harvey talk about? He talked about the good things in life, the good news, the, the good stories, and and you know, and about the uh, the tournament of roses, seventy-five years together. He would highlight couples who have been married for seventy years or for seventy-five years. Um, he talked about good things, and so uh, I really like the Ron Paul Liberty Report because they talk about truth. They talk about what's really going on in Washington. He helps you read between the headlines of the of the lamestream media, and, and he reports what's really going on. It's a very upbeat, positive uh, show. Uh, Ron Paul is in his late 80s now. It's <laughs> still going strong. What a gentleman, Sam. What a wonderful Amen. gentleman is Ron Paul. A statesman is what you would say, and I completely agree. George Washington, a true gentleman and a statesman. Ron Paul, a true gentleman and a statesman as well. By the way, my grandma made it on Paul Harvey. She was known as the snake lady. She literally <laughs> cool. rerouted a slough by her house. In other words, changed a canal, uh, yeah. the, the, the um, path of the canal, and all of a sudden a bunch of snakes wound up in her house. I mean, Hundreds of them, thousands of them. Wow. Uh, and, and she basically, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, are you going to leave? And she's like, nope, this is my house, not theirs. I'm staying here. And, uh, you know, they, there would be snakes uh, literally wrapped around the doorknob. And, and she just simply caught them with glue boards and got rid of them and got rid of them and got rid of them. Eventually she won. And it was so interesting and novel of a story. This old lady beat all these snakes to where she was known as the snake lady. And they highlighted her on Paul Harvey, man. <laughs> that is so cool. I would love to. I would love to hear the the broadcast of that story. I don't, you know, I mean that. That's yeah. Well, I sent in to Paul Harvey News my mom and dad because they were married. Uh, it was like seventy two or seventy three, seventy five years. I can't remember. But I I wrote to Paul Harvey and I submitted them as uh, as candidates for the tournament of roses. Uh, I never did hear back, but it would have been a lot of fun to hear mom and dad's name on Paul Harvey News. That would have been way cool. Well, it's it's no doubt a charted legacy again that we strive for in our own lives uh, as well. That's for sure. Ron Paul wrote another incredible column, too, that we need to highlight, Lowell. 
We sure do, Sam. This one describes how COVID actually helped to, to, to grow the homeschool movement. Uh, Ron Paul puts it this way, uh, quote, a rare instance of an unexpected consequence of, of a bad policy advancing liberty is the growth in private schools enrollment and homeschooling that occurred as a result of the COVID lockdowns. An October 2023 study by Eloise Burtis and Sophocles, Sophocles Gulas of the Brookings Institution found that 79% of American school-aged children were enrolled in government schools in the 2021-22 school year, down from 84% enrolled in government schools in 2019 and 20. End of quote. So a few years ago, Sam, I read that 94% of children in Utah attended public schools, which is way above the national average. I remember thinking at the time, boy, are we like sheep. <laughs> we need more homeschoolers. We need to approach that national average when you think about it. But, but the, the, the decline in the nation is uh, truly amazing, down from 84%, clear down to 79%. So Ron Paul continues, he says, quote, the decline in children attending government schools accelerated because of the lockdowns and enrollment in government schools continues to decline, end of quote. So I find this really quite encouraging uh, because what happened is, you know, Sam, parents realized the tripe their children were getting in government propaganda prisons and they were mortified about that. Yeah, this all this CRT baloney, this uh, 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 SEL baloney, uh, this Black Lives Matter baloney, you know, trying to treat one type of people greater than another. And so parents sought alternatives. They were just mortified at the uh, the sex education and, and the pornography being broadcast um, from schools on Zoom links to the classes their children were attending. And so they sought alternatives. That's what parents do, right? They want the very best for their children. And so they sought alternatives. So Ron Paul continues his column here. He says, in October of last year, the Washington Post reported that since before the COVID lockdowns, there was a 51% increase in homeschooled children. Yeah, uh, let's go. <laughs> that's awesome. The lockdown served no public health purpose. And this, I'm going back to Ron Paul's column. Um, the Washington Post probably would not have said that. But Ron Paul said, quote, the lockdown served no public health purpose. In fact, the social isolation imposed on children by the closures of schools and even playgrounds did more damage to children than COVID ever could. However, the lockdowns did have a long-run benefit by increasing the number of parents rejecting government schooling. The school closures allowed more parents to see for themselves the problems with government-controlled education. Parents were horrified to witness their children logging onto Zoom and then being force-fed woke propaganda instead of receiving a quality education. Parents realized they had a choice, either allow their children to continue to receive an inferior education or seek out an alternative that would provide their children a quality woke free education end of quote <laughs> so sam there is a boatload of problems in public education you've said for a long long time sam get our children out of public schools and i agree propagandizing them with this woke agenda will rob them of the delightful innocence of youth 
And so I hope parents everywhere will recognize that public education is a hopelessly, systemically flawed institution that would simply be, that really ought to be defunded. And, and, and that parents will seek alternatives that promote real learning in reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's really what we should be learning, is those three fundamentals, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And understanding our godly and our Christian and our uh, American heritage is important as well. And, and that's found in the McGuffey Readers. Uh, we have a whole set of the McGuffey Readers. I bet you two do, do too, Sam. Where yeah, they we teach. use that and, and Phyllis Lafley's reading program to teach all eight of our kids to read. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. The McGuffey Readers, you know, you can find them around. I hope they never get out of publication. I hope that they're always available for homeschoolers. I know you've got the McGuffey Readers. Uh, I know that ronpaulcurriculum.com is available for homeschooled children and adults alike, by the way. Um, I know that the John Birch Society has the, uh, the Freedom Project Academy at jbs.org. And I'm sure there are many others that parents may consider. But the important thing is to yeah, consider United the Pledge alternatives. United We Pledge has a curriculum for schools as well. There's so many, so many offerings now. It's incredible. When I homeschooled years and years ago, there wasn't near uh, the resources that we have today. And it's, it's to be celebrated for sure. I want to highlight one more point before we let this topic go, Lowell. Uh, yeah. And that is Ron Paul's spot on. Uh, about Dr. Fauci helped homeschool grow because not only did they find propaganda in their schools, but then parents decided to go do something about it in addition to taking their children out of government school and putting them in homeschool or private school. Uh, they went down to their school boards and started to say, look, we don't want Johnny to be taught this critical race lie. We don't want Johnny to be taught that he's a girl. We don't want those things. Uh, and what did the government do? The local school board got in bed with the Federal Bureau of Investigations and the Justice Department, and literally called parents, of all people, terrorists. And that's when Americans really realized something's rotten in Denmark, huh? Yeah, domestic terrorists. And by the way, Sam, that's how our current Utah County clerk uh, became so popular, because he was one of those parents knocking on the door of the school board uh, trying to attend a public meeting that they had locked the doors on this public meeting and he was simply knocking on the door hoping that they would open up and so he was the one who called the local police asking them to come enforce the, the law because we have a law here in Utah that says public meetings shall be open to the public <laughs> imagine that public meetings public and the meetings police should be open to the public whoa that's crazy yeah. <laughs> and so what did the what did the local police do they came and they gave him a citation they threw they put him into court prosecuted him for interrupting a public meeting simply by knocking on the door to to try to 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 get into the meeting i mean he wasn't banging on the door he wasn't interrupting anything but they gave him the citation he fought that in court and be, be, he became so popular because of that that he was elected county clerk here in Utah County, the second most populous county in the state of Utah. <laughs> so, and, I mean, and so all I can sometimes... tell you is that's when Americans are starting to wake up, though. They can listen to me for years and go, oh, yeah, Sam's a nutcase. Uh, but then they go, man, Sam was sure right. Look at this. Look at this reality. Sam's been telling you about it for years. Lowell's been speaking out about it for years. And now we realize they're, they're not joking. And Americans really started to understand. The only thing I want to say about this finally now is we need a line in this article somewhere that says we still need to literally vet and try 
Anthony Fauci for his criminal activity and prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. We cannot talk about Fauci without highlighting that every time and pushing for that to happen. Look, the guy's a flat-out criminal. The guy lied. He now admits that the mask mandates were not scientific at all. Now Idaho, the state of Idaho, literally said no future mask mandates. The House just voted in, uh, in support of that, saying, hey, no mask mandates. We're not going to tolerate them. We just hope the Idaho Senate follows suit and the Idaho governor can sign it. But they're off to a good start. And this is what I mean. This guy's a criminal. He lied and got caught lying, folks. And he deceived the people. And lives are at stake. Many people died because of his vaccinations, because of his lies. And so prosecuting Fauci is key. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we want to talk about, well, I'll just say this. Utah's addictive. How's that for a teaser? We'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. Speaking to a rally crowd of about 2,000 in Michigan Saturday, former President Trump railed against the process of voting by mail. Mail-in voting is totally corrupt. Get that through your head. It has to be. The votes, I mean, it has to be. Trump also brought one supporter on stage who said many U.S. auto workers plan to support him in the upcoming election, much like they did in 2016. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain recently announced the UAW's endorsement of President Joe Biden's re-election effort to a large crowd of union members. A man considered the hip-hop Howard Stern tells ABC's This Week he is convinced a second Trump term would be bad news. It's absolutely true. And it's mind-boggling to me that, you know, nobody is taking it as serious as I feel like they should. At the same time, radio host Charlemagne the God referred to incumbent Joe Biden as an uninspiring candidate. Nothing about, you know, Joe Biden that makes you want to listen to him. That's why he should be leaning on, you know, his vice president, Kamala Harris, who's way more charismatic than him. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham is throwing his support behind a new cheaper bipartisan foreign aid proposal coming out of the U.S. House for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan aid. It would cost roughly 30 billion less than the Senate proposal and excludes much of the humanitarian aid. I think the bipartisan problem solvers group has an idea that will sell. Graham on with CBS's Face the Nation Sunday. He says he would prefer to follow former President Trump's suggestion, though, and transition the aid into a generous and favorable loan from the U.S. government instead of a handout. The Daytona 500 rescheduled. It'll happen today, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, due to weather. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo 
promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code TREAT at checkout, and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Liberty Roundtable Live right here on your radio, your internet radio. Uh, this is Lowell Nelson. I'm with Sam Bushman, the host of this marvelous show. I'm happy to be with him this morning. We've been talking about uh, Ron Paul. We talk about George Washington's birthday, celebrating it today, of course, and then the great statesman Ron Paul and a couple of great columns he wrote and posted last week and the week previous to that. Uh, and uh, this uh, segment of the show, we're going to talk about Utah being addicted. What are they addicted to? Well, they are addicted to woke. At least many of the leaders here in the public servants here in Utah seem to be addicted to wokeism. The UtahStandardNews.com, it's been around Utah for many, many years. Many people don't know about it, however. If you want a hard-hitting news uh, uh, magazine on the Internet, uh, check out utahstandardnews.com. Last Friday, they published a column by Eric Mutsos, uh, followed by some comments from the editor, Ed Wallace. It's about Natalie Klein, one of the great freedom fighters, now serving on the Utah State uh, School Board. 
Uh, Eric starts out his, his column this way. He says, a few days ago, Natalie posted a photo of a student who appeared to look like a boy playing on a girls' high school basketball team. Her caption was, quote, girls basketball dot dot dot, end of quote. And, uh, and, and that ellipsis got interpreted by the woke uh, leftist as being, um, well, that means uh, she, she thinks that that girl is really a boy and it's reprehensible that she would accuse her of being a boy. Well, she was, she was simply questioning the propriety of allowing boys to play on a girls' sports team because that's been in the news now for, for quite some time, not only here in Utah, but even in Canada where that 53-year-old man is swimming with uh, teenage girls and competing against them in the swimming pool and, and, and dressing and undressing in their locker rooms. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big, big topic. <clears throat> right? But even though the student may have looked like a boy in the picture, she is, in fact, a girl. And there's a number of negative comments that were posted below Natalie's post. And so when Natalie saw the direction those posts were taking, she deleted her post. She apologized for misunderstanding the gender of the girl basketball player. And she reached out to the family to apologize. Now, the left has been trying to take down Natalie ever since she was elected to serve on the state school board. Why? Because Natalie has been very vocal in her opposition to critical race theory, in her opposition to social emotional learning and other forms of wokeism. So once this story broke, uh, Eric Mutsos writes, quote, our incredible he-him Utah governor decided to circle the bloody waters to attack Natalie after her apology. He-him, and that's not his first name, by the way, that's the pronoun he coupled with the pronoun him because he-him Utah governor introduces himself that way to school children, right? He's a wokest, a leftist he-him, right? So anyway, Eric writes this, he says, he-him called it unconscionable behavior, right? That's the, our governor calling Natalie's post unconscionable. And, and all she wrote was an ellipsis after the caption, Girls Basketball. Remember, <clears throat> Eric writes, quote, This is the same person who vetoed a bill to protect males from pretending to be females in Utah school sports. Let me type it again, he writes. He, him, Cox, thinks it's okay that men play against women in Utah. This is the same person who just last September attacked a handicapped BYU student who never said a single racial slur to the lying women's volleyball player of another team visiting BYU, calling him an expletive, which I won't repeat here on the air, and then later took down the post. How about that post, uh, uh, Governor Cox? Was that unconscionable? Or is it your public pile-up on Natalie an attack on a real woman who is usually correct on 99% of the issues when she calls something out in Utah? A real woman that's 100% more of a man than Spencer he, him, cock could ever be? This is the same governor who's now thumping his disagree better drum on every other lame social media post after the next, who decided to not reach out to Natalie to see what exactly she was thinking or what her intent was, end of quote. <laughs> just Eric Mutsos, is, his writing just drips with sarcasm. 
that really drives home the point, Sam, and that's why I quite quoted so much of, of his column here. It, it, it is rank hypocrisy in the Utah office of governor. And so he's simply asking the question, why the double standard, Governor Cox? Well, Mutsos didn't stop with the governor. He writes this, Even Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, who's over elections, took to Twitter and said she will give money to Natalie Klein's future opponent. Well, about Spencer, Deidre, why don't you hold him accountable for when he scolded a Utah student for no other reason than pandering? Unconscionable? Question mark? End of quote. <laughs> so now, Sam, he didn't mention the Utah legislature, but they com they are complicit in these attacks as well. Because last Thursday, they passed a resolution, which was HCR 18, that's a House concurrent resolution, condemning and censuring Natalie Klein, saying that her actions violate the moral and ethical standards expected of an elected official. End of quote. <clears throat> now, so what's been happening to Natalie? Well, the Utah State School Board removed Natalie from all committee assignments. They revoked her permission to add any item to the agenda of any meeting. She may vote, but that's about all that she may do. Well, that's a badge of honor in my opinion. But Eric Mutsos, like many of us, Sam, stands with Natalie Klein. He writes this, quote, Natalie, you still have thousands of people who still support the fight that you're up against in many of these Utah schools that continue to teach confusing ideologies to Utah students, end quote. He also writes this, Sam, with which I wholeheartedly agree, quote, In my opinion, Natalie has been one of the greater voices when it comes to the onslaught of sexual perversion within the Utah school system, from curriculum to sexually explicit books to trying to groom Utah children into something God never intended them to be, right on the front line all day long, end of quote. And so then Eric addresses the family of the girl as saying this, Natalie is an incredible human, and I hope you will take time to understand why she does what she does. And if you have followed Natalie's work, she's one of the reasons why. Right now, a real boy is not playing against your awesome girl in basketball. We support you. End of quote. Sam, <laughs> awesome call. And I would come back and say several things. Number one, Eric Mutzos, a great friend, a good guy, an incredible writer, uh, you know, a stand-up guy to say the least, number one. Number two, Natalie Klein, a stand-up lady doing a great job. Now, she's not even wrong on the issue, and this is the point that needs to be made. Just because there was a little bit of confusion with the ellipsis that made people kind of go psychotic and sideways, she was spot on on the issue, and her willingness to reach out to the to the family and apologize and say, listen, this is not what I was thinking or, and or intending um, for clarity just speaks volumes to her character, in my opinion, uh, in, in, a, in a very positive way. And for all those people to pile on and take advantage of, of her because of her words or lack thereof in this case and in, in, uh, clarifying, shame on them to do that. It's almost like they're digging a pit for their neighbor, lol. Yeah, they are, uh, what do they call it, uh, they're grabbing the narrative or they're the ones spinning the narrative. Just because of that ellipsis, you got the leftist uh, uh, getting on that post and just piling on and accusing Natalie of, 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 of unfairly uh, criticizing a, a student in, in state of uh, Utah. And, and because of that uh, narrative that they spun, that the left spun, 
in response to Natalie's post, I mean, all she was going for was she wanted a policy discussion uh, about um, uh, boys playing on girls in girls' sports. That was a policy decision, policy discussion that she wanted to have, and the left spun it and, and just whipped it in another direction. Well, they've been waiting for any stumble to take advantage of for quite some time on Natalie. We all know that. And that's really the key here to understand. And Natalie basically apologized and clarified in a meaningful way. And I agree with Eric Mutzos. We have Natalie's back. And, and I say good on Natalie. And let's have that appropriate discussion and debate. And let's find out where the American people and the parents really are on this thing. Because I guarantee the parents in Utah, for the most part, are going to be supportive of no boys uh, in women's sports or girls' sports for sure. Now, I do want to say one thing, though, to the parents out there. You know, I appreciate Natalie working on the school board, doing a great job, and, I, and et cetera. But you know what? If you yank your kids out of government school, there ain't no school board, people. Got it? Good. Shut them down, and you can do it one family at a time, lol. Yeah, that's, that's what we mean. Defund the public school system. Just get your children out. That's what we recommend. Uh, otherwise, they're just going to continue to get uh, dumped on this wokeism, dumped on them. And uh, it, it's not going to be good for their character. It's not going to be good for the way they look at other people. Um, just lots of bad stuff's going to happen. All right, go ahead and skip the break. We don't have time for it. But I will say this. Natalie is one of the few in our state trying to protect our children from the forces of evil. I stand with her, says Eric, and I completely concur with that view. However, I, I do believe we just need to jettison the school board, though. Look, if they're going to stick the FBI on us for going to the school board, just take your kids out and say, look, we don't have any school board. We don't have any government school. We don't want your money. We don't want your control. We don't want anything to do with you. FBI, go home, sit down, shut up, because we're in charge. Now, if you debate if parents are completely in charge of their, of their children, now the courts have said once you put your kid in government school, you know, they have uh, guardianship at the time that they're in school. Well, don't put your kids in that position, and you won't have that question at all. And if you want to debate it, well, how come in the pandemic then the government school all went home and parents still had responsibility for their children? That shows who's the ultimate responsible party uh, in this reality check. And so we really need to double down on that. But our prayers are with Natalie, uh, and, I, and I hope we can open up this debate because I believe that the majority of people and the majority of parents agree with us on this topic that, you know what, boys should not be in girls' sports at all and boys should not be in girls locker rooms at all and I, I can keep going but i think most of the people agree with us on this low they might not have the willingness to speak out because they're afraid and they don't want to go against the the governor or any of these kind of things but i believe the american people know the truth and they're willing to stand for it if given the right opportunities they just need proper leadership lol uh, exactly right, Sam. And <clears throat> Eric Mutzos uh, is, is calling out people. There's a second part to this column called Part 2. And, and he's calling out uh, what he calls the, uh, the sound-asleep worldly Christians. <laughs> he says, I'm not sure if there's anything more frustrating than when sound-asleep worldly Christians decide to finally publicly open up their mouths against and on another person's page who is actively trying to expose the relentless onslaught of evil. Uh, of course, they're referring to Natalie Klein. Eric continues, right now in the state of Utah, we have a governor who uses pronouns to identify himself to little children on Zoom calls and who vetoed a bill to ban men, mentally unstable men from playing against women in school sports. A governor who will most likely get voted in again because 90% of our state is sound asleep spiritually. It's like this across America. 
uh, end of quote. They're, 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 that's a huge indictment uh, on, on Americans. And, and, and sadly, you know, a lot of them are asleep. He says, speaking of these sleeping Christians, he writes this, quote, These are the same people who thinks it's more wicked to speak out against a society of parents and doctors who mutilate chemi and chemically castrate children than speaking out against the very act of mutilation and castration of little children. A society who thinks it's more virtuous to not contend and to be nice versus wanting to stand on certain universal truths. You're more upset with those of us who are trying to expose the evil than you are upset with the evil itself? End of quote. I mean, that's, his, that's a great question, Sam. He's asking, why, why are you so upset about the people who are blowing the whistle on this evil than you are about the evil itself? <laughs> that's, the, that's the big uh, emphasis in part two of his column, Sam. And, and Ed Wallace, the editor of the Utah Standard News, then uh, puts a nail in the coffin here at the very end. He says, he says, I call BS on the fake outrage about Natalie Klein. It was an unfortunate post that was misinterpreted, and Natalie has removed it and apologized. The left and the beta Republicans are merely trying to weaponize fake outrage for political ends. To remove an opponent they know fights hard to block their radical agendas. Natalie is one of the few in our state trying to protect our children from the forces of evil. I stand with her. The establishment has been trying to get rid of Klein for years. And then he concludes with this parting shot. I'd rather have a flawed fighter who fights than a supposed righteous coward who cowers. End of quote. <laughs> oh, man. Ed, Ed Wallace is amazing. Eric Mutsos's column is amazing. And Natalie Klein, about whom this column is written, is also amazing. And I support All right, her 100%. And a big shout-out shout to UtahStandardNews.com. It's been around for quite a while, but we want to make sure we highlight that. UtahStandardNews.com. Uh, the guy does a, a fantastic job, and most people may not even kind of realize uh, that he's standing up in a, in, a, in a big way at UtahStandardNews.com, Lowell. Yeah, absolutely right, Sam. And, and I spent uh, 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 some time in his home there in St. George where he lives, probably an hour, an hour and a half, just visiting with Ed Wallace. I find him to be just rock solid on the issues that mean the most, the substantive moral issues that mean the most to, 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 to most Utahns. He is rock solid, Sam, and I, I, I just take my hat off and, and uh, credit Ed Wallace for promoting and publishing UtahStandardNews.com. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A big shout-out goes to that. You know, shame on Spencer Cox. And the sad part is the mainstream press in Utah really backing Cox and backing this perversion uh, too low. That's what's shocking. You would think that a lot of the, the leaders would kind of draw the line. And, and But Spencer Cox is being backed by the mainstream press, even KSL News and even um, others uh, that have quite a bit of influence really backing Cox with this perversion. It's insane, and I, I agree with the part one, two, part three of Eric Mutzow's column saying, what, in the, what is happening here? You have Christians blatantly doubling down and drinking in with evil. Well, that's right, Sam. And, and when you think about it, every day we make observational errors uh, in judgment, right? I mean, we make observations about, about sure, other we're people. Sure, we're human. We're human, and somebody walking down the street, and and so you know, you you comment you t 
to your wife, that's a good-looking young man, or that's a good-looking young woman. Um, and, and, and then you might, uh, you know, I think it's a very easy mistake to make. You see a picture of a basketball team, uh, maybe a girls' sports team, and there's one individual on, in the picture, in the photo, that has short hair and, and maybe some, some square-cut features, and you think to yourself, I wonder if that's a, if that's a boy, you know? <laughs> you know? And so in, in this case, it was a girl. Um, and, and, but, but it's very easy to make that kind of mistake. And, and so I, I just find it's a tempest in a teapot, uh, this whole brouhaha surrounding Natalie Klein, but, but they are weaponizing the, the media against her and they're all coming down really hard because they want her out. But it's, really it's, they want her out that's step one, but step two, they're really weaponizing against the truth lull. The truth is yeah. men are men, women are women, and they should not be mixed in sports or locker rooms. Uh, is the bottom line. Australian Parliament to the U.S. Quote, free Julian Assange. Daniel McAdams and Chris Hedge with this final piece, Lowell. Uh, he, Daniel McAdams wrote this column, posted on ronpaulinstitute.org, quote, an overwhelming two-to-one majority in the Australian Parliament has voted to request that charges against Julian Assange be dropped and that he be allowed to return to his native country. The UK High Court will hold hearings this week on whether Assange can continue to argue his case against extradition to the United States where he faces 175 years in prison end of quote so he, he this article was posted last week and so um, the, the the UK High Court this week will actually hear uh, arguments from the lawyers uh, on whether Assange should be extradited or not he's not even American Sam he's an Australian he's been persecuted for almost 15 years and yet if he's extradited he will be charged for allegedly violating 17 counts of the, of the 1917 Espionage Act with a potential sentence of 170 years in prison. What was his crime? Well, his so-called crime was that he published classified documents, internal messages, reports, and videos from the U.S. government and U.S. military in 2010, which were provided by the U.S. Army whistleblower uh, Bradley Manning, now called Chelsea Manning. This vast trove of material, Sam, revealed massacres of civilians, torture, assassinations, the list of detainees held at Guantanamo Bay and the conditions they were subjected to, as well as the rules of engagement in Iraq. Those who perpetrated these crimes, including uh, U.S. helicopter pilots who gunned down two Reuters journalists and 10 other civilians and severely injured two children, all captured in the collateral murder video, they have never been prosecuted. And as Chris Hedges put into his report, Julian exposed what the U.S. empire seeks to airbrush out of history, end of quote. And the message to you and me, Sam, and to any journalist anywhere, really, is that no matter who you are, no matter what country you come from, no matter where you live, if you defy the U.S. empire and expose its crimes, then, quote, you will be hunted down and brought to the U.S. to spend the rest of your life in one of the harshest prison systems on earth. If Julian is found guilty, it will mean the death of investigative journalism into the inner workings of state power, end of quote. 
Well, and Chris Hedges goes on in his column, Sam, to ask numerous questions about the Julian Assange case, questions that reveal the injustice and the hypocrisy of the case against Julian Assange. I pray for his release, Sam, and I pray that all charges against him will be dropped. Sam? I couldn't agree more, ladies and gentlemen. We're speaking out uh, about this travesty, about this wrong um, behavior regarding uh, Julian. In my opinion, an American hero, even if he's not American, he's Australian. Uh, But even Robert F. Kennedy Jr., independent candidate, speaks out in defense of Julian. Here's the soundbite. You all know that Julian Assange is a heroic whistleblower. He stood up for democracy. He stood against the surveillance state. He stood against government corruption. He's battled for all of our freedoms. And he made the tremendous sacrifice where he now is jailed and faces life imprisonment and extradition to the United States. The urgency to pardon him cannot wait. It can't wait till I become president. We need to get it done now. Please sign the petition urging President Biden to immediately pardon Julian Assange. Thank you all very much. Lowell, your final word, sir. I am going to sign that petition, Sam, right after we finish this broadcast because I want him released. And I want United States uh, lawmakers to feel the pressure from citizens all over the country uh, who are uniting our voices with that of the parliament in Australia to free Assange. I mean, you've got Julian Assange on the international stage. You've got Natalie Klein on the Utah stage. Two very similar peas in the pod, calling uh, the whistle uh, or blowing the whistle on the the leftists who want to run our lives. And what do they get for their service? They get they get blamed basted by the lamestream media, Sam. And I'm happy that you are uh, you have a voice that we have a voice here on Liberty Roundtable Live where we can uh, to, to 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 speak truth to this uh, this terrible thing that being done to Julian Assange and to Natalie Klein. Sam? Amen to that. We've got a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen. It is a fertile, target-rich environment, if you will, for truth-tellers such as Lowell Nelson over at CampaignForLiberty.org, for Ron Paul, for uh, Julian Assange, uh, for uh, Eric Mutsos, uh, and Ed, and myself, and, and many others, and we're all working together. Like I said, I launched Operation Reach Out in 2024, where we're all going to start to quote each other's stuff, work together, and, and highlight each other's great work to make sure that we can absolutely magnify what we're doing and make it go viral. We are truth tellers, and in 2024, we're cranking it up another notch right here on your radio. Thank you so much, Lil Nelson. Have a delightful day. Remember, it's George Washington's birthday, sir. Will do, Sam. Thank you. There he goes, campaignforliberty.org. Join your chapter in your area, folks. They're doing tremendous work. Also, Young Americans for Liberty on college campuses across the country. Just phenomenal job. Um, anyway, there you have it. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.